This is a Nerd and Tie podcast. Welcome to Bullshit Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the uh, usual BS. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and we are back for yet another month of delving into the magical and spooky, and with an emphasis on spooky this time around, because, you know, it's this is your October episode. Coming up soon, when we release this at least, is Samhain, or for those of you who don't celebrate that holiday... Halloween. And if you don't celebrate Halloween, well, I just don't know if we can be friends. Okay, we can actually probably still be friends, but you're missing out because Halloween is great. And uh, in the spirit, as we did last year, we're going to talk about ghosts. And just like last year, I'm not going to do it alone this year as... We have a guest on the podcast this episode. Uh, I'm Bree Nagarin. I'm an author. I'm a witch, have been for about 15 years, and I am a compulsive hoarder of books. And and today we're going to talk about spooky stuff. Because yes. it's that time yes, of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So it's in, in my experience, I have yet to meet a single witch who does not have some sort of ghost story. It's for it. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe, or maybe I'm just talking to weird people. But in, in my experience, if someone's a witch at some point, at some point in their life, they at least think they've seen a ghost. Honestly, I would, I would think it would be more weird if someone was a witch and hadn't, seen something or experienced something at some point in their lives. Yeah. It's, I, I think it, I think it's part of the, there's, there's a draw to the supernatural, you know, but shocker, there's a, for people who, people who like to cast spells might be drawn to the supernatural in some sort of way. My God, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did find that was, uh, that was actually very true for me. Although, um, for me, it happened in in reverse. I was interested in uh, in ghosts and the paranormal and stuff when I was a teenager, and then uh, got into witchcraft properly a little bit later on. But the the correlation was definitely still there. Yeah, I I think for me, like I was into uh, ghosts and the paranormal as like from a very young age. So before I knew that you know witchcraft was a thing, but you know it's. I'm I'm 39. It's, you know, when I was growing up as a kid in the 80s, while obviously there was plenty, the modern witchcraft movement was, you know, existed. It wasn't mm-hmm. in media anywhere near as much as it would be, like, say, even 10 years later. True. So it's, uh, I think my being in, interested in the supernatural actually led me to maybe discover witchcraft in, in some way. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, it was, 
it, it was pretty much fairy tales, ghosts, copy of uh, Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, and uh, <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> of course, Cunningham ended up in there somewhere. Yeah, that that was uh, that was the very first book of uh, of witchcraft that uh, that I ever read. Actually, uh, someone gave it to me as a gift, and they were like, I "Think you might enjoy this?" And it was like, "Yes, yes, I think I will." And <laughs> and it just kind of took off. I don't know. It's I, I think also though the, like, there's even like for me when I was I was interested and thought I believed in the paranormal, and then. I really became a believer after I actually saw something, though, much later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a, like, like, you haven't, growing up, like, I didn't end up spending a lot of time in any space that was considered haunted until I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So that's probably, I mean, you know, if you don't spend time around haunted spaces, you probably won't see a ghost. It's probably a, a good lesson but like the the funny thing to me is like there's always like whenever you look up like haunted places like in your town or something like that it's always like the oldest building here or the you know this this ancient you know ancient what am i talking about we live in america nothing's <laughs> ancient um but like it's always like some old rich person's mansion mhm but yep. like the haunted spaces that i spent time in were um part of my high school Oh, uh, growing up, and that was but um, my my high school's theater. That was the first time I ever saw a ghost. Oh, that sounds awesome! Theater yeah. ghosts are always fun. Well, it's it's such a like mundane story in the sense that like it's it was in a theater, but like so. And I I told this last year, so I don't want to like go into too much detail if uh, the listeners can can hear the full story. But I was effectively in a darkened room at night in the theater. And a blue ball of light formed in the middle of the room, darted around the room, and then went into the wall. Oh, that's so cool. And it was, I ran, I ran so fast and booked it down (laughs) like three flights of stairs. It was, uh, before that moment, I thought I believed in ghosts. At that moment, I 100% believed in ghosts. I do believe in spooks. I do. I do. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, it's it, it's it was, it, but it's always like these are like not like. I mean, I guess maybe the. I mean, that theater was kind of a the the Wauwatosa East High School theater is kind of a like weird labyrinth of spaces though, like. There is the building has a condemned the whole high school's got a condemned third floor that is inaccessible. Oh <laughs> but the only staircase, like they sealed off all the stairwells except for a single one that is accessible through the high school theater, through this like metal staircase that goes like two stories above the stage. Like Oh wow. Above the that, catwalks. And like That's just like a haunted horror and, movie waiting to happen. And and <laughs> that that third floor is like and it's just like there are entire classrooms that are still like existing up there there's a ballet studio with massive paintings on the wall like of things that that used to be in the building but so there's so there's access to that through that theater but then there's also an underground tunnel 
there's a there's a grade school across the street and there used to be a connecting underground tunnel between the two buildings and the tunnel's still there they just sealed it off on the grade school side but that is also that's through the theater basement <laughs> like this this bizarre abandoned tunnel under the under the street oh jeez so it's i mean that that place was i mean all theaters like almost every theater I've ever been in has a theater ghost story, but like this theater in particular was begging to be haunted. <laughs> it really sounds like it. It's like it's it's like they planned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I wish uh, I wish I could say that the first uh, the first ghost encounter that I remember uh, having was 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 something that that dramatic and that interesting, but it, it's really not. Um, <laughs> the, the first one I remember is, is sort of, uh, is sort of, um, well, I, I, I like to call it, call it, uh, do you remember that poem yesterday upon the stair? I met a man who wasn't there. Yeah. He wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. Yes. Yeah. It, it was sort of, it was sort of like that. I was in, uh, I was in some sort of public building. I was with my mother. I was very young. Uh, single digits. I don't remember how old. Um, I have it in my head that I was at church, but I don't know for sure. Uh, and I turned and I, I waved to somebody that I saw because when you're a kid, you're conditioned to be friendly. And um, my mom turned to me and she was like, who are you? Uh, who are you waiting to? And I said, oh, I was, I was just saying hello to the man. Uh, and I, I pointed at, at a, a stairwell or a corner or something, something where there was an angle. And um she just the the most vivid part of the memory for me, besides, you know, seeing the other person in the room, uh, was that she got this very funny look on her face and said, Honey, there's nobody there. Oh dear. And I was like and it, it made no sense to me. I was I was young enough that it didn't register as anything, but what do you mean you can't see him? But that was, you know, where the conversation ended because mom says there's no one there, so okay. That's that. Yeah. But um, I, I was young enough that it, it didn't register as anything strange. It's like, oh, there's there's someone there. I should say hello because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But yeah, the, the really wild stuff uh, didn't start happening until I was a teenager like you. Uh, that's where my uh, that's where the, the wild stuff started kicking in. And um I, I lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania for most of my life. Uh, I grew up in Dublin, and until I moved down to Virginia, I lived in Doylestown. So if anybody knows the area, they're probably clapping and very happy right now. And I have no idea where <laughs> any of these places are, but... <laughs> it's uh, it's just north of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, kind of in that, that little uh, that hook at the bottom that juts out into New Jersey. That's, that's where it is. Okay. And... Uh, the, the the running gag is that all of Bucks County is pretty much crawling with ghost stories. There's no town that you go into that doesn't have like a handful of haunted buildings just because the area is is very old and most of it's very rural. So you have your ubiquitous, you know, haunted farmhouses or old schools or, of course, theaters and uh <laughs> And a lot of the uh, the Revolutionary War uh, happened uh, in and around that area as well. 
or at least that's where a lot of the uh, encampments are. It's it's actually uh, just a hop, skip, and a jump from Valley Forge. Okay. So, you know, obviously there's... Uh, that's the other running gag in the area is that every uh, every inn worth its salt says George Washington slept here somewhere on the <laughs> on the side. Well, they had to so, have slept somewhere. Uh, yeah, just all over the darn place. I think he just had a list like they've got to get me in somewhere. <laughs> um, so I grew up, you know, like just kind of thinking, oh well, just everywhere has you know, all these spooky things. So it was, it was sort of normal for me. And then, you know, later on, I, uh, I lived in an older house. It was an old farmhouse. It was built, uh, sometime in the, I believe it was the, 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 the first half of the 19th century. I don't remember exactly when we found out it was, uh, but it was, it was close to 1850, but not after. Okay. Um, and, uh, it was it was later built up and repurposed into um, two rental properties, and my mom, my brother, and I lived there uh, when I was in my teens, and <laughs> it it was um, nuts is okay. the word that comes to mind. There there was a lot of nonsense that happened there. Well, it's, you know, I, in my experience, like when, and this is in my experience, as though I am, mm-hmm. I am the arbiter of all things that have ever happened. Um, <laughs> it, like, it's when you rear, like, I, and, and maybe, like, it's just instinct that, like, I feel like when you split up a space, like, when you change an older structure into something different, like, divide it up or break it up, that, like, that just feels like it invites ghosts. It it kind of does. Um, this isn't the first time I've heard. You know, well, if you if you alter a space that's old in some way, it it you know it unsettles things. Um, actually, I I uh, I spoke to oh heavens, who was it? Uh, it was it was a, a very nice lady who who ran um, a ghost tour company in New Hope, which was was not far from where I was. Uh, living at the time. Uh, her name was Adele. I can't recall her last name, uh, but she was, she was a very nice lady. And uh, one of the things she said to me was when you renovate an older building, uh, it's either going to stir up ghosts or get rid of them. And I guess in our case, it, it stirred them up something fierce. Yeah. It's, I mean, I had a, a friend of mine from high school. Uh, I grew up in uh, mostly in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. It's a suburb of Milwaukee, like literally a block and a half out of the city of Milwaukee is where my parents' house is. Um, and he grew up he grew up in one of the older houses in town, but it actually used to be located in a completely different neighborhood. There's this uh, expensive neighborhood in, in Wauwatosa called the Washington Highlands. And mm-hmm. it was an older like farmhouse that got relocated from there to the end of this little street. Um, and like his street like goes to a cliff. <laughs> like Oh dear. Just like a, a ridge. And there actually there's also a house at the edge of the cliff. Um it's just like house cliff. But he, the the house that got moved there wasn't moved just as a single house. It was split in two. And so the house he grew up in was, was half of that house, and then the other half of the house was the house across the street. Oh, my. And that... He he definitely 100% had ghosts. 
Like it, <laughs> it's, um, he he had a lot of stories about things that he saw in his home. I don't know how true some of them were. You know how you like you meet people who might tell you a story and you're not really sure if they're full of shit or not. He's one of those oh, people. Yes. But ah. but I will <laughs> say that while I never saw anything in his house, um, one night uh, he, uh, myself, and uh, a third friend of ours. I'm not using names because I don't know how much these people would want me to air their business on the internet. But I'm saying mm-hmm. telling the story anyways because I was there. But we had we'd been hanging out that night and we were just literally because the, the road dead ended and he was like the last house on the left of the street. Like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but like we would we were just like standing in the street talking because, you know, we were we were getting ready to head out for the night. And my car was his his house. So we're, we're standing um, facing kind of the road. His house is on to the right of us. Um, my car is parked on the street to the left, and I saw what, like, it's a st- it's a thing that I wouldn't have believed if there weren't two other people there who saw it with me. Uh-huh. Um, I saw what looked like a person run from between two of the houses behind my car. Oh, dear. Except the person was a little translucent. And uh, it was one of those things where you go, did did you just see that? And uh, you are very unhappy when the other people say yes. Um, we literally chased, uh, one of my friends went behind my car and chased it and uh, it kind of moved as a blur, but then all three of us were standing there staring as it went between two of the houses, three of us sitting there, like, well, standing there, like staring at what looks like a person. Oh, geez. Between the houses, but we can see through them and... It was the most bizarre moment because, like, like the thing with, like, I saw a blue ball of light in a room years before that, and while I believe it happened, like, there's always some part of me going, like, maybe my brain's making this up. Maybe I hallucinated. Like, you know, maybe something went wrong. But this is a moment where, like, there were literally, like, three of us standing there all staring at the same thing, seeing the same thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was That was a weird one. But I but that's that's why like you divide up houses and that's exactly what I think. You know, it's like mm-hmm. technically we were standing between two halves of the same house. <laughs> oh, so it the the whole street there must have just been like one giant liminal space. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. That's 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 gonna that's gonna some have something in it for sure. So so when you talk about you know living in an old house that had been subdivided into multiple units, that's that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, I can also uh, uh, kind of relate to what you were saying about you know wondering you know am am I just seeing something? Am I just you know is is this a hallucination? Uh, that's that's how I spent a lot of uh, my time in that house. Cause I was never quite sure, you know, I, I had just been, uh, you know, like through some stuff. My parents had just divorced, you know, I was 12 years old when we moved in and, you know, it was a stressful time in my life and it's all this other stuff going on and in the mundane sphere of things. And, 
you know, a lot, a lot of it, even now I'm, I'm not sure how much was like, yes, this definitely like objectively more than likely happened or, you know, was I having night terrors? Was I hallucinating some of it? Um, and I'm sure that there, there's some of it that, that didn't actually happen and it was all in my head. Uh, but then there's, there's other stuff that like, no, wait, someone else was there. They, you know, this, this happened to them too. Uh, or just, just stuff that, that resonates with me so strongly. Uh, like even now, and, and there's a, a, a buffer of a good, oh gosh, uh, 20 some years and about 350 miles between me and this house. And it still gets me sometimes yeah. when, I, when I least expect it. Uh, so one of the examples I, I, I like to talk about, um, you know, speaking of the hold that things can have on you, even even years later, is uh, uh, a particular incident where uh, I was about, oh gosh, um, I'm going to go ahead and say maybe 14, 15 years old, because uh, we, we moved out of the place when I was 16. Okay. And... Um, I was, uh, I may stop and start a little cause this one's a, a it's rough, <laughs> okay. but, um, I was, I was just laying in bed one night and, uh, having some trouble sleeping, you know, like you do. I, I had the worst trouble with insomnia in that house just cause there were noises all the freaking time. Um, you know, there, there were footsteps that would go, you know, back and forth in the attic, which was right over my, my room, uh, or up and down the hallway, which was right outside of it. Um, one of my doors didn't like to stay shut, so I always had to keep it locked. There were two doors in the room for some reason. I, I never knew why. Um, but, you know, this particular night, uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to lay here and stare at the ceiling, I guess. So I'm, I'm just sort of like waiting for sleep to come, counting sheep, thinking about literally anything but falling asleep, you know, how you do. Yeah. And uh, I hear this weird creaking sound and I'm, it, it's very quiet. And I'm like, well, that's not the floorboards. That's not the usual stuff I hear like out in the hall or overhead. What, what is that? So I look down the end of my bed and along that same wall was my closet. And because apparently I lived through a horror movie, uh, the door was opening by itself. Um, this particular floor was not on like any sort of angle. It wasn't subject to any sort of drafts or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but the door was opening and I just kind of laid there and stared at it because you know what the heck do you do yeah so uh it, it did like open all the way till it was like perpendicular to the wall and I just kind of lay there and stare at it and then I see something go scuttling across the floor and I'm like wait okay maybe, maybe one of the cats got trapped in the closet. We, we had a few of them at the time and it was 
you know, I, I felt a little better, like, oh, okay, you know, that was, <laughs> gosh, that was creepy, but it could be something silly, but, but no, no, it, it, it couldn't be that simple, could it? Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you this story. <laughs> I was going to say, and then I <laughs> found the possum that got in, you know. God, I wish, I wish it had been a possum. I could have dealt with a possum. I could have dealt with just about anything, uh, except obviously what happened next. So as I'm laying there and I've seen this thing scuttle across my floor, um, you know, I just kind of like look away from it and I hear something, I, I hear it again, uh, this weird sort of like scrabbling noise across the floor. And I realize, oh my God, it's under the bed. And the second that I thought that and like realized it, I saw an arm come over the foot of my bed and grab the covers. Oh, jeez. And I mean, I was way too old to be like worried about monsters under the bed or yeah. anything like that. But at this point, I'd been living in this house for like two or three years and I was like scared of my own shadow. Wow. Um, I had I had seen a couple of things like prior to that. But they'd always been like, you know, outside and I would look up and see something in a window for a second. And I was never sure that it was really there. It was like, no, it's it's the dead of night. I am staring at this thing at the foot of my bed and I can feel it there. Like it was a heavy just thump yeah. and I could feel the covers move when it when it grabbed the blanket. Wow. And so I just I... I didn't know what to do. So I reverted to being, you know, five years old and afraid of the dark. I pulled the blanket over my head and was like, it's not real. It's not real. If I don't look at it, it'll go away. If, if I don't pay any attention to it, maybe it'll leave me alone. It didn't. Uh, I felt another arm come over the end of the bed. And then I felt, something start walking up the bed. Um, I'm still not sure if it was walking or crawling. I just remember feeling a point of pressure on either side of me that was holding the blankets down. And it was like kind of pinning me in place. I couldn't really move. And right about the time that it got to, chest level, I was pretty sure I was about to either have a heart attack or be eaten by something. Um, and the worst part was it didn't make any sound. There was no weird breathing. There was no growling, no nothing, just this awful, inexorable pressure that I could not get away from. And so just, it was like, okay, either I do something now or I'm probably going to die. So I just lurched up real quick, turned on my light, nothing. There, There's absolutely nothing on the bed. There's nothing on me, but the closet door was still open. Wow. And 
I was, I was wide awake. I'm pretty sure like 99% sure the whole time. Uh, later when I found out about, you know, sleep paralysis, yeah. uh, and the, the things that people experience in sleep paralysis, I was like, wow, that, that sounds very familiar. I, I mean, I, I wonder, you know, could that have been part of it? Did I doze off for, for part of it? And, you know, well, just imagine something, but the fact that the door was still open, yeah. it makes it stick in my head and I'm still not sure. Cause, cause I actually suffer from sleep paralysis. Um, so, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, and I, like, so, but here's the thing with sleep paralysis. Like, you said you pulled the covers up. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. do that with sleep paralysis. You literally cannot move. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, because I've had vivid hallucinations with sleep paralysis, like, in, including one when, when I was living in a, in a house with a ghost, which, by the way, the ghost I lived with was way nicer than the one you dealt with. Wow. <laughs> um but I had known about, like, thankfully, I as a kid had, you know, because I was in- interested in the paranormal and I read about UFOs uh, also, I knew what sleep paralysis was before I ever experienced it. But the first time I experienced sleep paralysis, I've had vivid hallucinations with it. Uh, one of the notable times when I was living in a haunted house that, like, I had a, I was having a dream where I was in a fist fight with a guy. Oh, my. And I... It wasn't like a real person. I don't know. I was working retail. I probably had some aggression. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. It's but I woke up and to to the guy sitting on my chest choking me. And while I oh, couldn't feel geez. his hands on my neck, I could feel him on my chest. He was translucent, and but I could feel his weight. I could see him, and I could see his arms wrapped around my neck. And but I also was like, ah, well, that was a dream. I must be experiencing sleep paralysis. <laughs> and so it wasn't like, but I've had like terrifying, like I'll, every place I've lived since I lived with a ghost and just got annoyed with it. I have substantially <laughs> warded and like shielded. And so I'm not really ever worried about like anything in my home, but like probably about oh six months ago, I mm-hmm. like had a sleep paralysis moment where I woke up and at the foot of my bed, have you seen the remake of Haunting of Hill House? Yes. So you know the hanging, like the 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 woman, the bent goes, neck lady. Yeah, the bent neck lady was literally standing at the foot of my bed, oh. and I was just like, "This is from a TV show." Like <laughs> my my brain, my first thought was like, "I know I feel terrified right now because my brain's lit up," but this is literally from a TV show I watched. Oh jeez. Uh, that it, it disappeared. So I was just like that. <laughs> I was like that was. But those, those I don't, you know, so that's why, like, I'm pretty skeptical with my own haunting experiences because I'm just like, I've had vivid hallucinations in sleep paralysis moments. So if I, if, if a ghost ever shows up right when I wake up, I am never going to believe that it's real. doesn't matter if it is or not. I'm immediately going to dismiss it because I've had, like, vivid, full body, like, experienced hallucinations, including physical sensation from my sleep paralysis. Oh, Wow. Well, it's it's good though that you have like that that sort of uh, that cognitive uh, reaction immediately, just like oh, you know, I've just woken up, so this must be, you know, sleep paralysis well, happening, and it, and I it can't doesn't move my body. I can't like I've had it way more often, also without hallucination. So uh, it's like I've yeah. had it both with and without, and like the part of your brain, like you, 
the the fear center of your brain's all lit up so you're gonna if oh yeah and you're still partially in a dream state so you're gonna see whatever you're afraid of at that moment and i had just <laughs> watched the series that week right <laughs> and so well, i'm sure it doesn't it doesn't help like the physical symptoms and it doesn't help the being afraid but at least you have like that little that one little synapse going eh, this might not be as terrible as you think oh yeah no it's i'm i'm it's it, it starts out with fear and then goes straight into annoyance goes immediately into annoyance i'm i'm familiar with with that on a, a a slightly uh a slightly different scale and slightly different circumstances but yeah can can relate <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's funny because the first time i experienced it i was living in a see you know it's the the, the haunted house you lived in sounds like the stereotypical place that definitely is 100 percent haunted which is probably why you had to deal with something that was way more terrifying than what i had to deal with it's mm -hmm. i actually live down the street right now from the house that I used to live in that was haunted. Oh my. Um, it is uh, a duplex at the corner of Stein and MacArthur in Oak Grove, <laughs> Wisconsin. I'll tell people that because I don't live there anymore, so I don't care. Um, but <laughs> it's... I lived there from 2000 to 2003. And uh, it, it's, it, it's like, it's an ordinary looking duplex that was built probably in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. Like this, that's when most of the neighborhood I, I live in right now was built. And it's like the, I, f the first encounter I had with it is, is so mundane that I was in my bedroom and I kept hearing snoring from the opposite corner of the room I was in now. That's odd. That is odd. I thought that maybe like I had a roommate, um, Famicom Dojo's host, Sean Orange, also found on the Nerd and Tie podcast network. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's some synergy and cross promotion, um, there you go. but uh, the I, I lived in the house with him, um, and I was working retail. He was in college. We were in our early twenties, and I heard snoring coming from the corner. And my first thought was, is that the wall? Though was a house built in the sixties or seventies, and the walls aren't super thick. I assumed that I was overhearing. I was like, oh, my roommate's snoring super loud. Because it was from the end of the room that also shared a wall with his room. And I, I kept noticing it, like, at night. And I was just like, wow, he snores really loud. And then, like, one morning, because I was working retail, he was in college. So we kept, you know, weird hours. And one morning I woke up and I, I, I did get up and do inventory. So I was up at, like, five in the morning. I had to go to work. And... I was hearing snoring and I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's weird. Except I got up and his bedroom door was wide open. He wasn't in there. Oh dear. In fact, he wasn't home. He hadn't come home yet from going out the night before, because again, he was in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like he was, I was the only one in the entire house and this was like yes it was a duplex but it was it was a one-story duplex and it was not anywhere like we were on the outer wall so like the only walls that connected to my room were the outside and his room and the snoring was coming from my room and no one else was in the house and so that's when i yelled at it to get out of my room <laughs> i never heard the snoring again um that ghost, uh, besides terrorizing our cat, um, oh. 
like would move stuff around. There were there were a lot of times where like things literally moved out of like my drawers to my roommate's drawers, which didn't make sense as we did not share things and also like it was like mundane things like towels and it like would move around and that was I mean that was annoying enough, but there was there was the the one moment that like kind of cemented that I was one hundred percent sure that I was dealing with some sort of thing in the house was uh, one day I have um, I have a, a a wool driver's cap. I I own many driver's caps, but I, I have a, one particular one that was that I had at the time that is my grandfather's hat um, that I've had since he passed in '99. That it was just it, it's a heavy wool hat. Like it's not like a a like a flimsy thin thing. It's got weight to it, and it was sitting on the kitchen counter. Like, and I watched it slide off the counter and fall to the floor. Uh-oh. To which I then again yelled at the thing living in that house to knock it off. And it, it stopped moving things it, for a while. It's mostly that thing. It was like living with a cat you didn't sign up for. <laughs> you know, like when they want attention, and they'll knock a lamp over and then the next time just like stare at you with a paw in the air. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, it was it, it was like that. It it was like the ghost equivalent of dealing with a cat all the time as like things oh, would get gosh. knocked over and things would move around and just like and also it would scare the crap out of the actual cat that we did sign up for. Um but like so that's like that like my my story of living with a ghost is like, oh, that's irritating, not something horrific. Clum- came out of my closet and then tried to climb onto the bed. I I like, think I would have preferred yours. <laughs> I, I think well so so the fun epilogue to the story is that so the duplex I used to live in has been converted into an assisted living home for people with Alzheimer's. Oh no. <laughs> and so that thing just must be having a good time. Oh I, man. Oh and oh boy. Who would believe them? I know. Oh it's terrible. Oh, and I've I've worked in uh, in an assisted living home, um, you know, back back in my my Pennsylvania days, uh, right before I moved, um, and we had an Alzheimer's and dementia unit, and the the things that they would tell you some mornings, um, that they had seen or you know dreamed of or thought they saw, and um, just it, it was. It was harrowing sometimes, and it was really heartbreaking because, you know, it. First of all, the place was haunted as hell. Um, oh yeah, I mean there were there were people going in and out, you know, uh, pretty frequently because it was sort of an end of life care unit as well. Um, so we had departures fairly regularly, but um, you know, you'd you'd hear things at night. You'd hear. You know, people walking up and down the hall when there is no one there, doors would open and close, that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I always felt just a little bad for the, the folks in the Alzheimer's unit because, you know, they they had a lot of stories that were just, you know, everyone would go, oh, OK, Mabel, you know, sure you did. That's exactly let's go have some tea. And, you know, she's like, no, really, there was someone in my room. And, you know, it, it's hard to tell 
whether it's, you know, it, it's, it's them experiencing a hallucination or whether something might've actually been there. And, yeah. you know, I always like to give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, there, there was, there, there were spooky things at that place. And it's like, you know what? I believe Mabel <laughs> better yeah. safe than sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly, if, if a person is unhappy or scared, does it matter if it really happened? Exactly. It, it doesn't matter if it happened or not objectively. It was very real and very upsetting to them and therefore, you know, should be taken seriously. You know, like I'm like, like I said, I'm still not sure if something came out of my closet or not. Although with what you've said about being able to move now, I have to reexamine a few things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no, it's okay. I'll tell you right up until the arm came out from under the bed. My assumption was (laughs) rat. Yeah. Uh, Pet, cat, a possum. I would have liked a possum. That would have been nice. But um, you know, it, it's actually nice to get like that extra sort of outside confirmation a little bit, even though it, it means scary things for me. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, the good um, news is, is that you don't live there anymore. Yes. And it's very, very far away. Yeah. It's I <laughs> which mean, is nice. But, like, you know, the it's still it's still like I said, it still it still gets me sometimes yeah. like uh, a few years ago. Um, I went out with some friends and we went to see. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, I think it is, where the the, the two kids go to visit uh, their grandparents and yeah, like yeah. crazy, crazy wild stuff happens. Um, I won't spoil anything in case anybody hasn't seen it. I was but gonna um, say, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And of course it has the, what the twist ending, but it's a good twist. Um, but there's a, there is a particular scene in that movie where someone's arm comes up rather suddenly over the end of a bed. And I had a flashback sitting there in the theater to that moment and promptly had a panic attack. I, and this, this is like, like I said, it's, it's a good 20 years later and hundreds of miles away. And I didn't know that it was still that strong, but in that second, I don't remember like the next 10 minutes of the film. Um, Cause I was just, I was right back in that room and it was happening in my head all over again. And it was, it was like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that was still, you know, in there, yeah. let alone that strongly. And uh, I just, I, I, I strongly remember getting out of the theater And, you know, the goodbye to our friends, uh, like, taking freaking forever. And finally, I just handed the keys to my my boyfriend at the time, who's who's now my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, you have to drive. And he's like, "Uh, okay, are you all right? I didn't think it was that scary. I'm like, just get me in this, get me in the car, like shaking, just like get me in the car. And Mm -hmm. the second the doors were closed, I just completely melted down and just crying, hyperventilating the the whole bit. I was useless for the rest of the night. Um, And I, you know, I told him the whole story and I hadn't before. Um, But I told him, you know, this is, this is what happened. And that just took me right back there. And I was really scared. And fortunately he was an absolute rock 
uh, he took me home. He took me through the motions of like cleansing the apartment. He's like, it's okay. You know, like you said, you know, it, it was a long time ago and it's far away. And who's the witch? Me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think that like, and uh, to actually to loop it into some witchcraft, it's like for me, like I learned, I finally learned how to like ward and and put stuff up because of a bad experience with uh, something that uh, was uh, kind of I had, I I have one unpleasant experience. And I talked about it a bit last year on the show for listeners mm -hmm. who want to go back, um, but literally involved like strangers writing me letters telling me that I was had something after me, so that was fun. Um, that was weird. Uh, but it was mostly just because at the time I was not good at shielding and warding and <laughs> this was a bad thing. And, um, it went more after, uh, a friend of mine, um, than it did after me. I was more of a, a bystander in that experience, but it was not fan fond of me because I did a very bad job at trying to ward it. Oh, and so you just ticked it off. I, I, I made it mad. Uh, but, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, I have gotten better since then. <laughs> yeah, but, we're all rubbish when we start, aren't we? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> oh, some of the worst, like, just don't try. Like, so pro tip, don't try <laughs> to bind something if you don't really know what it is. And oh. hold it in one place. Instead, work on making a space that something can't enter. Just a... Oh smarter, my goodness. Yes. Just, just, just oh. a dumb moment for me. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, it's, it's very funny. But at the time, I'm sure it was, it was terrifying. In my defense, but, I was only yes. like a witch for like a year at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. You're you're entitled to quite a few mulligans at that stage, so we'll call that one a mulligan. Yeah, and you know, it was it. It's like I I think that like learning how to like ward and protect your space is maybe something that everyone should learn right away. Mm, and cleansing yes. spaces is important. And maybe mm -hmm. I have specialized tools that now go wherever I live and are placed in certain positions, and I am not experiencing that again. Mm -hmm. But same mm -hmm. yeah it's uh yep. I, yeah sorry yeah uh i was just going to add i i used to like after we moved out of that house like things pretty much immediately stopped um but then you know in in the new place it was like oh okay you know i, I feel safer so maybe if something happens to roll through i can try and you know oh i can I can Jennifer Love Hewitt this thing. I can help people. <laughs> no. and, and, and that's exactly how, you know, the me from 10 years later is reacting is, oh, you dumb witch. <laughs> well, and yeah. Um, yeah, so that that stopped pretty quick. And then when I moved into my own place, it was like, nah, we're, we're, we're not even going to. No, no. Away with you. Well, it's so. It's my old wards used to try to keep just out negative stuff, and now it's just like everything out, done. Nope. I, I dealt with that stupid ghost cat or whatever that was for three years. Not again. I don't care. Everything is getting <laughs> kicked out when I move in somewhere. I am yes. pushing everything. I don't care if I got to push it into the neighboring apartment. Don't care. <laughs> they can deal with it. Um, all these units have the same layout. It can haunt there. Um, 
congratulations on your new ghost cat. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> like, and I see these things like I occasionally like haunt the witchy tags on Tumblr when I'm bored. You know, just there's something to do. Glance at, and, and I just always, every once in a while, you see the worst ideas, like people inviting things in. And I'm just like, oh, no, yes. no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. That is, because like, I don't know exactly what, I'm never going to claim to know exactly what ghosts are. People talk about them like they're the spirits of dead people, but I don't know if I actually buy that or not. You know, uh, there's something they are like, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe they are the spirits of dead people. But all I know is that it is some sort. They are some sorts of things that (laughs) exist because I've seen them. I have dealt with them. I have Mm -hmm. had to pick my hat up off the floor. (laughs) I know they exist, but they, you know, whether they are just some other form of thing or whether or not they're actual people. I don't necessarily buy that they're actual people. I just know that they are things that exist and scare the crap out of me or annoy the crap out of me. Those are mm-hmm. the two categories. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. But like, I, I see these people on like, I see these posts of like baby witches talking about like inviting things in and like trying to summon stuff. And I'm like, no. Oh, honey, no. no. The best case no, scenario no, no. is you bring in the most annoying thing ever. Yes. Uh, like, yeah. The worst mm-hmm. case scenario is, oh, I don't know, like something that if it touches you feels like your energy's all being drained from you, or something that reaches out from underneath your bed. Like, uh-huh. these are bad things. Yep. And I mean, you've you've uh, you've read Grove Daughter Witchery. There's there is a chapter in there where I talk about. Um, you know, th- there is a school of thought where it's like, oh, if I'm a witch, am I going to experience, you know, ghosty things more often? Is it going to be drawn to me? And it's like, not necessarily, but also like, be smart about it. You know, it, it, it's not as easy as, um, you know, the, the beginning of Labyrinth where there's like this troop of goblins waiting for you to say all right words and they'll, you know, that yeah. it'll it'll summon something awful but it's still like y- you don't want to mess around with it too too much one of the things i like to tell uh folks who ask uh, apart from yes one of the first things you should learn is how to cleanse and ward your space and yourself mm-hmm. uh is never ever ever call up something unless you are a hundred percent sure you can put it down again Yeah, because otherwise (laughs) otherwise either you or the tenants after you are going to have to deal with it because how many episodes of you know a haunting or (laughs) or whatever have we heard of where it's like oh the previous tenants used to blah 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 and insert weird paranormal practice or cult rituals here yeah and now we have to deal with the fallout you know as much as i think like half of that is just staged for the the benefit of i don't know a television audience it's still like you know if you're gonna go mucking about with this stuff you know you gotta be smart yeah, that's that's why the only paranormal investigators I'll ever believe are BuzzFeed Unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. They are hysterical. Oh no, it's 
It's great. And but also I'll say with like with warding and stuff that like there's a reason why if if anyone who's listened to to last year's episode and listened to anything I've said this year, there's a reason why all my like I've been a witch for over 20 years, but all of my personal experiences, if you pay attention, all happened like 15 years ago or older. <laughs> and it's Same. because I learned how to stop having to deal with this stuff. Like it's Yep. Like, I mean, I've been in places that are supposedly haunted since then, but I have never had to interact with anything because I decided a long time ago, I don't want to interact with this stuff on a daily basis. It's very unpleasant. And so the first thing I learned how to do was how to not interact with it. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I, I remember uh, learning that particular lesson and just being like, wait, Witchcraft can get this stuff out of my life? Sign me up. Right? Oh my god. Actually, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite powder recipes is just my plain old banishing powder, and I swear by this stuff. And it's it's super easy to make. Um, uh, here, for, for your listeners, uh, it's, uh, it's all stuff you can get in the grocery store. It's equal parts cinnamon, uh, Cayenne pepper, powdered eggshells, salt, and black pepper. You, you you mix it all up together, and it smells wonderful, but don't sniff it too much. You will sneeze. I have made this <laughs> mistake many times. It's It smells great. Um, it's sort of like spicy and, and, and nice and inviting, but boy, will it clear your sinuses in a hurry. Uh, it'll also clear your house in a hurry. And... Uh, you know, a, a pinch of that in the corners every so often or, you know, tossed over your threshold or put above the lintel or in the windowsills. And yeah, boy, boy, does it keep out the pests. That's probably the it's, best. It's better than borax for roaches. Given on this show. <laughs> it's better than borax for roaches. Ugh. Which is the other free tip for the day. <laughs> oh. Yep. Well, the advantage to living in semi-rural northern Wisconsin is that cockroaches aren't really a problem here. Oh, you you have my envy. We uh, we're we're in the tidewater area of Virginia, so they're like kind of a seasonal mm-hmm. problem every so often. Uh, but um, someone on 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 the tumbles uh, who who lives in a, a more rural southern area was like, yeah, we just put borax across the 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 doorways and they they don't get in and if they do they die and i'm like perfect (laughs) so i employed that and boy did it get rid of the problem in a hurry it was lovely and uh the the banishing powder works rather like that for for ghosty things if they're in there they won't be for long (laughs) yeah the big problem up here is deer oh god yes pennsylvania can relate yeah it's so I live on the edge of town. Like, so Eau Claire is, you know, it's it's not really small town. It's it, it's not a big place. It's 60,000 people. Uh-huh. But I live on the edge of town. Like, literally, um, my street is very suburban in styling and, like, all the amenities. But I look down the street and I see woods. Um, like, literal trees. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. And so I'm used to, like, deer in my own neighborhood all the freaking time. But, like, a week ago, driving to the grocery store, which is, like, in the middle of, like, more in the middle of, like, a very populated area. It's all 
you know, neighborhoods and then highways around it and like all this stuff. And like three deer just came running out into the middle of the street last week. Like, oh, I remember. I remember yeah. reading about that on your Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh -huh. I, was, I was not very awake while I was driving, but I was suddenly very awake um, <laughs> while I was driving. Well, it's only funny because like I'm used to looking out for them. Like I'm me seeing deer in the morning is not weird it was the neighborhood i was in when it happened because deer mm -hmm. are in two places in this town they're either um right near the outskirts of town where i live or they're down by the river which goes through the middle of town because there's a lot of parkland around the around the river and like apparently i think i found the place where they cross between the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez uh are are wisconsin deer anything like uh like pennsylvania deer where they will like stroll out into the middle of the road and like stare you down so so here's the irritating thing about these three deer like first off yeah of course they'll stare at you in the middle of the street but i had so two deer are in the like two deer go straight in front of my car and then the third one as like i'm i don't see the third one immediately but it hasn't crossed the street and I, so I start pulling forward since, like, the two deer have passed me. The third one starts running along with my car. Oh, my. And I had to, like, gas it to, like, outrun the deer. Because <laughs> I just, like, at any moment... Well, because there there have been times where, like, in, in my... In closer to where I live, where I'm used to seeing deer, like, I have um, been driving down the street. And, like, I see a guy, like, maybe two blocks away is stopped and I see deer crossing in front of his headlights at night. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll slow down and go for forward slowly here. But then like, while I was driving forward, a deer ran out of the darkness straight at my car and I had to swerve around it. Mm -hmm. Cause deer will just run right at your car. Yeah. They're, they're not smart. <laughs> no, it's, I know it's not ghost related, but I will tell you, I've been more recently scared by deer trying to kill me than anything else. <laughs> Now, if, if, uh, if there was a, like, a powder or a banishment to get rid of deer effectively, I would be all for it. Yet sadly, that is not one I know. Yeah. <laughs> Ghosts are easier yeah, to deal with than deer. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Ghosts don't carry ticks. Mm, course, or you know, leave or leave butt prints on the front of your car. Yes, of course, you know, possums eat ticks, but it was not a possum in the closet. <laughs> Uh, way to loop it all right back around there and somehow that, make this makes sense that that might be my new favorite hashtag it was not a possum in the closet <laughs> uh i'm going to just keep that in my pocket that's beautiful man <laughs> uh, i love it yeah uh, actually the uh speaking of, of critters um apart from uh cats being annoyed by ghosts, which was something else I did see uh, in in that that house in Pennsylvania. Um, I have found that my current pair uh, also notice when something tries to come in, and one of them uh, is really good at chasing them. Okay. This, I swear, if it hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have believed it. So that's the I theme have, for most of this, <laughs> right? Uh, I love it. So, uh, I, I have two cats, um, as one jumps up on my desk. Uh, yes, you know what I'm talking about, you don't you? Uh huh. So, uh, as, as my, my, uh, 
My social media followers may know I have a couple of ginger tabbies, Havoc and Penny. Uh, this, this particular tale involves Penny. She is the younger of the two, um, arguably not the brightest cat in the world. Uh, she has trapped herself under a clear plastic tote on more than one occasion and gotten lost under a blanket pretty much every other day. She's not bright, but she's very sweet. So, uh, this one occasion, this is a couple of years back, uh, I was working from home at the time, and I happened to just kind of lean back in my chair and look down the hallway toward the, uh, the living room slash dining room area of our apartment. And, uh, I saw something walk from the living room into the dining room, just, just real quick, like real quick, right across. So that all I really saw was like a dark kind of moving blur. And I was like, okay, I think maybe that was my eyes playing tricks on me. Except then I look down and there's this little like eight pound cat staring down the hall with her little tail straight up and just full bottle brush. And I'm like, okay, okay maybe I, maybe I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of, I kind of just look down the hallway and I kind of just like watch for a minute. Like, all right, if this is the sort of thing that I think it is, um, then it's, it's gonna probably appear again. Cause, cause the way that, uh, I have the place set up, all, all my protections and my wards and everything set up. Uh, the only thing that occasionally gets through is the kind of thing that likes to taunt you. You know, assholes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the annoying category. So, oh, yes. The super obnoxious kind. So, sure enough, a minute or two later, I kind of see something just real quick peek out of the uh, the dining room around the edge of the uh, the, the, the furniture we have there. And I'm like, well, crap, you know, here we go. And I, I start looking around for my, my stuff, uh, to, you know, go take care of this. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, little Penny, and she was, I don't think she was even a year old at this point. She goes tearing down the hall uh, just with just the, the puffy tail in the air and like hoof beats. She's she's a heavy footed kind of cat, and she just took off after this thing. And I I was kind of taken aback for a moment, like uh, okay. And I I got up quick and followed her. And as I'm you know coming into the living room, I hear her jump into the dining room window and just start hissing and spitting for all she's worth. Okay. And I, I come out and the, the, di the dining room, mind you, by the time I got there is ice cold. And this was the middle of summer, so not the time for cold. Yeah. And there's Penny in the window just doing this, this, this lovely, perfect camel cat with the arched back and the puffy tail and, <laughs> and yeah. just kind of snarling at something that is now outside. And... I just kind of looked at her and I'm like, and stay out. And she kind of looked at me and shook herself and got down and, 
you know, I, I still like went around and cleansed and everything, but yeah. I, I, I firmly believe she'd like chased the thing out and it was just so surprised that it went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was so so funny to me. I I laughed for a good solid, <laughs> I think a half hour after that. She got so many treats. It was it was hysterical. Yeah, I, you know, even when I'm 100% certain that I've only had like a sleep paralysis hallucination, I 100% also then recharge all my wards and <laughs> recleanse my place. Oh my god, yes, because just in case, just in case I'm wrong. I mean, better to have it and not need it, right? I don't think the ghost from Haunting of Hill House is literally here, but you know, let's just be safe. Let, let, let's hedge those bets, shall we? Yeah. Mm hmm. So I think that's a good place to, uh, to call it. Um, Alrighty. Brie, why don't you uh, tell the listeners uh, where they can find your stuff on the interwebs? Mm -hmm. Oh boy, uh, you can find me just about anywhere. Uh, you can find me uh, at Bree Nagarin on Instagram and Tumblr. That's B-R-E-E-N-I-C-G-A-R-R-A-N. Uh, you can also find me at breenagarin.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Patreon and on YouTube. And you can find all three of my books, Grove Daughter Witchery, The Sisters Grimoire, and Pestlework on Amazon. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, thanks to all of you at home for listening. I hope everybody has a safe and happy Samhain and or Halloween, you know, just in case. Remember, this show is funded by listeners like you. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And remember, you can follow BS Free Witchcraft on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash BS Free Witchcraft. Or you can find me on Twitter at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N, at Tumblr at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. And remember that you can always find the webpage for this at bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com or at nerdandtie.com slash BS Free Witchcraft. We are a part of the Nerd and Tie Network. You know what else is on the Nerd and Tie Network? Stormwood and Associates, a weekly RPG actual play podcast set in a modern fantasy world. And that is, uh, I'm, I'm one of the players. It's a great show, and you should check that out at nerdandtie.com slash Stormwood. And with that, my fellow chickens, we are uh, bringing the show to a close. And I'll talk to all of you again in a month.